Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, we talk to Rachel Spencer. Rachel shares about her journey from struggling with an eating disorder to becoming a business coach. We talk about how she transitioned from being a life coach to a business coach and the struggles she has faced along the way, especially with mental health. We discuss her first panic attack and the biggest lesson she has learned through experiencing anxiety. We talk about the importance of asking for help, not only in mental health, but also when starting a business. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast with your host, Randy and Catherine. This is a space for powerful women to share their story and to be real and raw about the truth of living your life's purpose. Any topic is fair game. We check gossip at the door so we can focus on building community and collaboration. This podcast will help you discover your individual power and give you the tools to live your most uplifted life. So let's find out what's uplifting you today. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today we have Rachel, and Rachel is a self-love influencer, business coach, and Instagram expert. She also hosts the podcast, The Journey to Worthy. She coaches boss babes how to build an empire online through her coaching program, Online Empires. She also is a mental health health advocate and joins us today from New York City. Welcome, Rachel. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That was the best intro ever. Thanks. (laughs) I love it. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Rachel is one of my coaches, so I know her personally and uh, just love and adore her. So I can't <laughs> wait for you all to hear her story. So let's just dive right in, Rachel, and share with our audience your story, how you became a business coach. Yeah, like what got you to this point in your life? Sure. Yeah. So it all started um, around my senior year of high school, um, going into college. And that was when I discovered that I had an eating disorder. Um, Beforehand, it just kind of seemed like normal life to me, you know, dieting, diet culture in general, and just always wanting to be somebody else, having a different body other than my own. I just thought that's the way everyone was. And going to the gym for, you know, five hours, I thought that's what everyone did. Need Need to lose weight. That was my focus. And Um, You know, going into college, um, I got into some really unhealthy habits. I was obsessed with food, obsessed with exercising, and um, I actually had to have one of my good friends tell me that she thought that I had a problem. She was a sorority sister of mine as well. And you know, sometimes you, you kind of realize that you have a problem, but you don't exactly know how to stop. And whenever you have somebody close to you that you really love and care about say, Hey, I really want to help you. Let's figure this out. That's whenever I kind of started taking steps, um, toward recovery. So after she reached out to me and had a sit down talk with me, I was like, okay, I do want to change. I do want to live a different life. I don't want to always feel like I want to be somebody else. You know, I want to be comfortable in my own skin. I want to love who I am. I'm tired of spending my entire life at that time. I was what, like 18 going into college, you know, 18 years of my life, I have no idea who I am. And so, um, you know, I, I ended up going to therapy and actually I was an acting major in college as well. And I was going through recovery and going through therapy throughout college while remaining, um, an actor. 
And my senior year, I was getting my BFA in acting and my professor, we have this like end of the year, we call it juries where we have to act in front of all of, all of our professors and get feedback. And I remember my professor said, you were really great, but if you're gonna make it in LA or New York, which is where I live now, you need to lose 30 pounds. And that was like, I was like doing so well in recovery and that immediately set me back, immediately. And mind you, I was, you know, probably 30 or 40 pounds less than I am now. And then they were telling me to lose more weight. And so that kind of set me back down into a spiral. And that's whenever I hired a life coach because I was like, okay, the acting world has now suddenly become a huge trigger for me as well. Mm. And I just got my entire four-year degree in acting and I don't want to be an actress anymore. What the hell? <laughs> I was like, I have no idea where to go from this. And so I hired a life and leader leadership coach that my brother actually knew from high school. And I started working with him on kind of what I wanted my life to look like and what other you know, career paths interest me. And um, I, I found nothing was really engaging to me. I, I, I went into sales uh, for Yelp for a while. I even nannied for a while because I liked kids. I thought, why not? And I just, I still was just lost. And eventually I, um, I found the self-love and body positive community on Instagram and that became part of my recovery process. And for those who don't know, finding the community is like through searching hashtags. You know, I was searching self-love and body image hashtags and I saw all of these women who, you know, they were all different shapes, sizes, colors, ages, and um, they were all, they all had the same message that you were worthy of self-love no matter what you look like, where you've been, what you've done. And I thought that was amazing. I immediately joined in on that. I wanted to start posting my own photos. I wanted to inspire women. And it was throughout that process that I was like, wow, nothing feels better than this. I finally feel like I have a purpose. I feel better than I ever have in my body. Um, I feel confident. I feel like I am being fulfilled and I feel like other women are being inspired by me. So I told my life coach, I said, this is what I want to do. I think I want to become a life coach and help women who have low self-esteem issues or a past of an eating disorder because I never want another woman to feel the way that I felt ever again. And so I got my life coaching certification and by that time I'd already kind of grown an audience on Instagram, which we can get into, but, um, and I had already been mentioned in the media. And so I had a pretty big following. And um, so I won't say it was easy, but it was definitely left less difficult to um, acquire clients because I'd already built this really large and loyal community. So I was successful on Instagram. I was becoming a successful life coach and other coaches, health coaches, life coaches, marketing coaches, they were reaching out to me saying, hey, I would love to know how you grew your audience on Instagram and talk to you more about business. And um, so I started offering just little intensives about Instagram and business in general. And I realized that I could monetize off of that. And I really enjoyed that as well, because Instagram is obviously a huge part of 
my life and my recovery. So being able to talk about that in my business as well fulfilled me. So um, that's kind of how I became a business coach. And now I don't technically life coach very much anymore. I do still inspire women through my posts and through my podcast, but now I strictly do business coaching and helping um, other coaches and entrepreneurs to grow their business. Wow. <laughs> That's the story you got there. Thank you for sharing that. My word. No wow. Um, I don't even know what to say from that. <laughs> That's really cool. I'm, I'm really inspired by that because a lot of women won't speak up about the difficulties that they've been through. And so I definitely appreciate your story in that. Um, may I ask how you're doing now in your recovery period? Yeah. Um, so I would say that I am in strong recovery and I actually mentioned this in an episode of my podcast that I never like to say fully recovered, um, because I don't technically believe there is such thing because then if somebody was to, if I talk about being fully recovered and fully recovered means, you know, what I look like then somebody else might compare themselves and think, you know, I'm not, I, you know, am not recovered enough or I need to do more, or maybe they're bigger than I am and think, well, I need to lose weight to be fully recovered. And also um, saying that you're, you know, fully recovered means that there's no chance for a relapse. So getting back into those old thought patterns that includes, you know, that will basically add a bunch of shame and stigma to eating disorders and mental illnesses in general. So that being said, that was a long answer, but I would say I'm in strong recovery because I no longer have those thoughts about, I, about, I never, I no longer have eating disorder thoughts, but I will say that I'm human. So of course I still have days where I don't like my body, don't like, you know, my looks, my skin. There are many things about myself that I'm still working on on a daily basis. And it's part of my self-love journey, but I will say that disordered thoughts are gone. And I think that's what's important to mention. It's like, like you said, we're human. You have your thoughts about one thing. We all have our thoughts about something. I think what's important to understand is that it's a lifelong journey, no matter who you are and what you've been through. It's always a journey every single day for the rest of your life to work on yourself and better yourself and just train your thoughts in a very particular way. So I applaud you for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The challenges and change like that we face may change, right? right? Over the course of our journey, like now, like you said, those disordered eating thoughts aren't really there, but I'm sure you still struggle with other things, right? Mm -hmm. So, what have been some struggles that you've faced in becoming an entrepreneur? Um, you know, from like, okay, I'm not going to be an actress, you know, yeah. <laughs> your journey to discovering, you know, you wanted to become a life coach and now a business coach. What have been some of those struggles along that path? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I mean, I feel like every single time you get to a new level of your life and business, there's always something, something else. They, I think the saying is new level, new devil. That's what they say. Oh, yeah, so, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so definitely had some struggles along the way. Some things I'm not dealing with anymore, but then it's just like a hamster wheel. All of a sudden, I'm dealing with something else now. So, um, for example, you know, I'm no longer having those disordered thoughts, um, but now I'm dealing with anxiety. And anxiety is, or mental health in general, is a huge part of my life now. And 
especially whenever I was starting my business, just like the belief, the confidence you have to have in yourself in general in order to acquire clients and do sales and all of that. I mean, it's really difficult if you can't show up as your true self, if you can't be confident and not only yourself, but what you have to offer, that proves to be a challenge. So at the beginning of my business, you know, whenever I was still, I would say I was in a stronger recovery, but you know, I was still definitely deep in my disordered thoughts and I was trying to start a business and help other women, but I had low self-confidence in that because I was like, how can I help other women if, um, if I'm not, you know, fully recovered myself and because back then I believed I would one day be fully recovered. And then, you know, you get to the next level of your business whenever you're like, okay, now I'm helping all of these women. And then you're like, oh, but I feel like I should be doing more. I'm comparing myself to others. So like I said, I feel like it's a constant hamster wheel. But um, recently it's been about mindset and mental health for me because I've gotten to a point in my business to where I'm making consistent five-figure months. I'm you know, making the money that I always dreamed of making. And you think that that would solve all of your problems, but it doesn't. <laughs> it's like, you think whenever you're having, you know, a 1K to 5K month that all you need is a 10K month and then your life will be completely better. Everything will, all your problems will go away, but it's just not true. So um, now I feel like there's just more, more, pressure, I guess you could say, to continue along this path. It's like, oh no, what if next month I don't have a five-figure month? Does that mean I'm a failure? Does that mean that I can't coach people how to have five-figure months if I can't even have consistent five-figure months? And so um, I remember the last launch or two launches ago, no, it was the last launch of Online Empires, um, which Randy, you, you spoke about a little bit in the intro. Um, Online Empires is my three-month um, group program for people who are looking to uh, grow their business through social media, but specifically Instagram. And the last launch of Online Empires, it was my fourth launch. And I'd had three huge successful launches before then. And so now I was at the point where I was like, okay, but what if this launch fails? <laughs> because I've had three successful ones. How on earth could I have a fourth amazing launch? There's just no way. There's no way. And there was one day that I was planning my launch. I wasn't going to start for a couple more weeks, but I was planning it out. I was writing everything down. I was listening to one of Angie Lee's podcasts, if you know her, health coach. And I remember just like feeling really weird, feeling like a pit in my stomach and not knowing what it was. And I was like, I just need to get out of the house or something. Like I need to put this launch stuff away. I just need to get out. And I asked my friend if she wanted to hang out. I went over to her place. And that's when I just went into a full-blown panic attack. And I had, I, I had no idea what the trigger was. It was my first panic attack. And thank God my friend that I was with has semi-frequent panic attacks and trouble with anxiety. And so she knew exactly what to do. She was like rubbing my back, lighting candles. Like she was so amazing. But that was the point whenever I realized that I was struggling with anxiety. And not only that, what triggered my panic attack was my work, was my launch. And I realized at that point, like I have to get not only my anxiety in order, my mental health in order, but my mindset in order, in order to continue in my business. Because 
I can't be having panic attacks before every single launch. That's no way that anybody would want to live. And that's no way that you want to run your business being, you know, afraid for the next launch because you're afraid you're going to have a panic attack. And that's how I felt. And so, um, basically after that experience, you know, I started going to therapy. Um, I started using medication, you know, no shame in the medication game. I became obsessed with CBD oil because it really, really helps with anxiety, but also just in general, working on my mindset and focusing a lot on making sure that I stay, you know, confident, level-headed um, throughout every single launch and every single part of my business has really helped because now, again, I'm moving to, uh, excuse me, another level in my business and I just feel a lot more calm about it. And I know that it's because I've been working on that side of myself. Yeah, that's, I get it. I've shared on this podcast before. My biggest struggle when I was younger was my anxiety. And I've also been through, I went through two panic attacks, one right before college, because thinking like, oh my fuck, what am I doing with my life? Like, (laughs) why I need to pick a major, you know, just freaking out about whatever I created in my own head, which was fun. Um, And I know what I've learned. So I'm curious for you, what do you think was the biggest takeaway or lessons that you learned from this experience and your anxiety? (sighs) Well, I'm definitely still, you know, going through it. It's one of those things that I'm discovering day by day, how to deal with it. It's still very new to me because, you know, that was in May that I had my first panic attack. So what is that like six, six months ago or something? So I would not say I'm a seasoned anxiety (laughs) veteran at all. Um, But instead of looking at looking at it as such like a a negative thing or something to be afraid of it's like i've learned to almost welcome it whenever i have those thoughts it's not that i'm excited to have those thoughts you know who would be excited about anxiety but i feel like when i do have those thoughts and i acknowledge them and i let them in it gives me a greater understanding of myself and a deeper understanding of the way that my mind works and it just it shows me how much I really do love what I do and how much I do care about my business so every single time that happens you know it is scary and I will you know acknowledge that I'm having anxiety which already brings me down you know from from that top level I'm already feeling better once I just acknowledge the feelings And I like to imagine it as like a cloud floating by it's like all right I'm seeing it I'm acknowledging it and now it's gone. And whenever I acknowledge it, it's not just like, all right, I'm feeling anxiety. It's like, why am I having these feelings? Why am I nervous about this? Why am I nervous about this, you know, maybe podcast interview? Why am I nervous about this client call? So asking myself those questions really brings everything to the surface. And like I said, gives me a greater understanding of everything within myself and my business. Yeah, I think that's really important what you said, because that's what helped me a lot with mine is just acknowledging it and then not letting it completely cloud my mind and my judgment. Just be like, okay, I acknowledge you. You can hang out. I'm still going to do what is making me scared. You can be there. You'll probably go away, but you can be there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's really important. Because it's worse if you try to make it go away. Because the truth of the matter is, like, without medication or CBD, without something, it is very difficult to just make your anxiety go away. I know there's, like, breathing techniques and stuff, but but 
just telling yourself, why am I anxious? Why won't it go away? Just go away. Just go away. Like that doesn't help. It just makes you more anxious. So much worse. <laughs> I can attest to that. Holy shit. So why do you think that so many people struggle to get help then with this? I think the stigma, to be honest, there's such a stigma around it. You know, the, the, the morning after I had my first panic attack, I was like, I'm not going to give in to that stigma. I'm going to ask for help. And I went to the doctor's office. Well, it was in urgent care because um, it was like a, I think it was a Sunday or something the next day. Mm -hmm. And I went to urgent care and the doctor treated me like I was a psychopath. He oh was just God. like, oh my God, why is your heart racing? Like, oh my God, are you okay? Do you need to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, like I just, I had my first panic attack last night. I thought I should see someone. And he was like, well, maybe you need to check into the psych ward. And I just, yeah, he just did not handle it well. And first of all, if you have someone come into your office who is that, you know, I hate to say it this way, but like that off their rocker, like I was, I seriously was like, I felt not yourself, like, though, yeah. is the thing. I felt that way. And to not even ask like, you know, did you see someone? Do you have medication you can take? Are you having suicidal thoughts? Are you going to hurt yourself? Like just to make sure that I was okay. Like human decency, bedside manner, anything. Like that is scary. That is really scary. And there are so many other people in this world that that's happening to, which is why people are so afraid to get help because unfortunately they hear these stories, which I believe in speaking out about these experiences so that other people don't feel so alone. But then they hear about these stories and they're, they're afraid to go to the doctor because they don't want to be judged. They don't want to be told that they are psycho. They don't want to be told that there's something wrong with them. Whenever you are having anxiety or a panic attack or any other mental health issue, the one thing you need is for somebody to tell you that it's going to be okay, that you are going to be okay, that you are not crazy, that this will all pass. That is the one thing that you need. And for somebody to, to make you feel worse, I mean, I almost went into a full-blown panic attack again the next day because of that experience. So wow. I definitely would say that's why people are so afraid to get help because of experiences like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so in this new uh, found journey of dealing with anxiety and mental health, <laughs> how do you think that this helps your business? It's kind of a weird question, but I, I personally feel like every experience can be helpful. So how do you feel like your business is being benefited by your mental health? Yeah, well, like I said, I think as far as the anxiety goes, it gives me a greater understanding of myself and my business. And I have more of an appreciation for whenever I am doing tough things in my business, like a launch or sales, instead of freaking out about it, I am, you know, I'm asking myself all of the important questions, making sure my mindset is in order, making sure that I'm taking care of myself, self-care 101, um, staying relaxed, staying healthy. And I would also say that beforehand, I just was not doing mindset work in my business at all. I was relying solely on strategy. And so now whenever I'm having fear come up or these thoughts come up, I know that I can message my own coach and just say, Hey, I'm having doubts in this area. I'm feeling fearful around X, Y, Z. And she's able to talk me through it. 
same with therapy, you know, being able to talk through my therapist says all the time, whenever I say I'm worried about my, my business, she's like, ah, who cares? She, she's like, she's like, tomorrow you'll be fine. She's like, focus on what you can today, focus on what you can control. And that always makes me feel better. Cause I'm like, yeah, why do I care so much? Oh, the anxiety. Um, so I really try to keep it light, keep my business as fun and relaxed as possible. And that's something that I didn't used to have because I, I thought, well, I'm running my own business. It's going to be stressful. But now that I know I could go into a full-blown panic attack at any moment, I am giving myself permission to have fun in my business and to just relax into it. So I think if anything, anxiety has um, done amazing things for my business. Yeah. And I, I, sorry, I want to interject. I love what you just said a little bit ago. You said the anxiety and not my anxiety. And I think people can get so attached to the stigma of my anxiety, my depression, my this, that, and the other. It's like, it's not yours to have. It just yeah. is. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not like, just let it be and it'll pass as it needs to. Yes, absolutely. No holding on to it. Yeah. So you've mentioned a few things, but how have you really been able to manage that anxiety so that it doesn't take control of your business and your life? Mm, I think it's just constant support, having constant support around me. No longer am I running my business from an inward place. No longer am I trying to do everything myself you know, being able to outsource projects that stress me out, for example, like I am not tech savvy. I do not enjoy creating sales pages for new programs. So even just on Black Friday, I paid um, a VA to create a new sales page for me for something I'm launching um, at the end of January. And it just felt so good to just say, well, now I don't have to worry about that. And up-leveling my support with my coach, you know, having more calls so that I can speak to her weekly and have a plan for the week and she can check in on me and make sure that I'm doing okay. So, um, and you know, like I said, having therapy as well and feeling like I can talk to the people around me about what's going on with my mental health and my business. I think that has been the number one factor in you know, managing it overall is just accepting support and not trying to navigate it all myself because mm -hmm. that's just, it's, it's so difficult, especially whenever you are at a place in your, in the beginning, I can see trying to do it yourself, figure it out yourself until you need to hire a coach. But whenever you are at a place where you are making five figure months, I feel like a lot of people think, okay, I, I've made it. So I no longer need to work with a coach. I know what to do now. But if you don't have that extra support, even if it's just on your mindset, I feel like you're going to go down that hamster wheel. You're going to go down that anxiety wheel the next time a sales um, process or a launch comes. So I'm just so, so thankful for the people that I have around me and being able to outsource that stuff that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you mentioned this before, but it kind of goes back to you know, your eating disorder recovery and reaching out to that community on Instagram and finding that support and realizing, okay, I don't have to tackle this alone. I don't have to be in this alone. And I just love that because there really is a power in social media and in building community that I think doesn't get 
focused on enough. You know, yeah. everyone wants to focus on all of the negatives about social media, right? So can you share about some more of the positives of social media and how you've really been able to like build a huge community through using social media? Yeah. Well, I think the number one factor is actually caring about the people that follow you. Mm -hmm. Because especially in business, everybody wants a large following, but they just want a large following so that they have a lot of eyes on their products, eyes on their services. Everybody is a number. Everybody is an ideal client. And we stop looking at them as people. We stop looking at them as people that we can reach out to, that we can share our struggles with. And I think for me, because my account, my account, but yeah, because my Instagram started as a place for me to heal and me to share my struggles, I think that is really what drew people to me because I'm not somebody who is saying, well, I'm perfect. I have it all figured out because that doesn't make you relatable, right? That doesn't make somebody want to work with you because they won't feel like their feelings are valid or they feel like they have to be perfect or reach your level in order to be, like I said earlier, recovered or in recovery. And so, yeah, I think for me really sharing my struggles and connecting people, connecting with people in that way is what made people become loyal followers. Now I have over 15,000 followers, but I by no means have, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000, like a lot of other business coaches, Instagram coaches have but that's because I don't focus on the numbers. I focus on my followers and the people behind the numbers. And every single person that you know follows me or engages with me, they're there for the long haul. I have people who have been there who saw like my first photo of mm -hmm. my cellulite, who saw when I posted that I was becoming a life coach. Like there are some OG followers that I would not be here without. And so they are not forgotten, you know? Um, and so I think the difference, again, between the way other people use social media and the way that they should use it in order to grow their following is just care about their people. Honestly, that's what it comes down to. And that means, you know, interacting with other people, you know, just because somebody gives you a comment, that doesn't mean that, oh, well, they commented on my stuff, so now I can sell to them. No, like what, what are they commenting about? Like, what are they struggling with? Like go on their profile, see what they're posting people about. People don't even respond, right? To the comments yes. anymore. Yeah. It's like, all you have to do is respond to the comments, maybe go over to their profile and, you know, say, hey, back and support them back. It doesn't mean you have to follow them, but unless you want to, but just go interact with them and show them that you care. You know, there's one girl that, um, I love her name's Marissa Lacer and she she has like 188,000 followers but she always answers every DM every single time same with me like I know that I don't have almost 200,000 followers but like if you DM me I'm going to answer you because why wouldn't you right why wouldn't you? I understand people who have like 2 million followers who get like 8,000 messages a day. Okay. I understand that. But if you can respond to people, why wouldn't you? So just care about the people who are following you and they will become loyal to you. They'll tell your friends, their friends about you, so on and so forth. And you'll just continue to grow in that way. I think that's important in any aspect, Instagram or not. 
people focus too much on what can I gain from this experience and not enough on what can I, what value can I provide to others? Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing when it comes to Instagram, especially it's like, how, how may I serve you? Like I'm here for you, you know, it's not yeah. about me. Um, I, so I think that's, that's really valuable. And as far as your longer term vision for Instagram, your business, whatever, what do you foresee your future looking like? Ooh, good question. <laughs> So my business is definitely taking a turn, a turn because now I've started my podcast and I eventually, of course, would love to become, you know, known for my podcast. I want it to become something huge. You know, it did um, go to the top of the charts whenever I first, um, whenever I first launched it. And I do have a lot of loyal listeners already, but I want it to become, you know, something that has a million plays, two million plays, three million plays, um, top of the main charts, you know, people asking me to, to come speak at their conference and, you know, yada, yada. I want it to become the number one, you know, part of my brand, my podcast. Um, but as far as my business coaching side, that's kind of taking a turn also because I am leveling up to a new part of my business, meaning that a lot of what I'm doing is going to become passive mm -hmm. because I have found that, like I was saying earlier, I do not enjoy launches. I do not enjoy the sales price, the sales process. I do not enjoy client acquisition. And what I enjoy most is the actual act of coaching. So if I can create my best material and then be able to, you know, have other ways of people acquiring it, um, like I said, passive income, then that makes it easier on me. I get to do the only thing that I enjoy, but also focus on the podcast and my community on Instagram. That's amazing. I think when you up level, like this is definitely something that I've been thinking a lot about in my life is like, we have to start to shift into that next version of ourselves before we're actually there, mm -hmm. before we're actually ready for that. And so we have to start thinking, as, you know, especially with the new year coming, it's like, okay, what is the next version of me going to act like, going to think like, going to behave like, and shifting into that before you're actually there, you know? And so it's like, what is that version of Rachel who has 2 million downloads of her podcast, you know? Like, what is that version of Rachel doing? And you're right, like, she's not coaching clients when I, like, she ain't got time for that. So. <laughs> I don't know about not having time for that, but... But well, you're yeah, just going to be so on demand. Yeah. Well, yes. I would say definitely that that higher level version of myself is able to actually spend more time on the podcast and um, on that self-love community because that's, I mean, they're the reason that I'm here. I, I tell my Instagram, my Instagram followers all the time that they're my Instagram family because they really are. Like I would not be here without them, not just business, not just podcast, but like me myself. I have no idea where I would be in recovery without them. And so I feel like over the past couple of years, my business has just boomed. I'm making, you know, more money than I ever thought that I would doing this. And I don't mean that in a bragging way. I'm just saying like, it's just so crazy to think about what I thought was possible in my business. But I will say after my last launch of my group program, 
I had a debrief with my coach and I said, you know, that launch was about a month long and I was just not focused on my self-love community at all. Like I, I had a hard time answering DMs. Like I said, I still answer everyone, but they were like shorter answers. I felt like I was only posting once a week and I just, I wasn't giving it my full attention because I was so focused on, you know, my, my, uh, my group program and everything going on over on Facebook and behind the scenes. So the way that I actually, I guess you could say fixed that is I knew immediately, okay, it's time to launch the podcast. I've been putting it off for months. So I said, this is my way to give back to my family and say, don't worry, I'm still here for you. So that's why I, um, I launched the podcast. And like I said, now I'm hoping to have the business side of things, which I still enjoy, but I'm hoping to make it go passive, keep making money that way, and then be able to feed everything I am into um, speaking and possibly writing, who knows, and the podcast and, you know, getting sponsors on the podcast and all of that. So love it amazing you're gonna have an awesome 2019 and you know oh i think so too (laughs) i can't wait 2019 is definitely going to be an amazing year and i say that every year but (laughs) (laughs) you know like we say that every year we're like okay this is the year when we get our life in order like this is the year whenever xyz happens but the reason i know this is going to be a huge year is because i don't feel that this year i don't feel like oh my God, like 2018 was horrible. Like 2019, I need to get my life in order. I don't feel like that at all. I actually feel like I've done everything I need to do up until this point. So there's only room for expansion. There's Mm -hmm. only room for an amazing 2019. It can only go up from here. I love that. And we got one more question for you, but before we do, are there any questions that you feel like we haven't asked that you would like to bring up? Is there any other message that you would like to share with our audience? Ooh, that's a really good question. Catching me off guard a little bit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Okay, so definitely we talked about the importance of mental health in your business. I guess like the only other thing is, especially if you are a woman who has had body image issues and you feel like you're trying to start your business and you're hiding behind the screen, I would definitely say that you have to take care of what's happening inside before you can serve other people, before you can serve other women. Because I can definitely say that I was, if I was still having these disordered thoughts, if I was still dealing with my mental health in a negative way, if I still felt like I was all over the place, I would not be able to serve my clients to my best ability. I, you know, like I said, I would not be launching any new programs because I'd be too fearful. And if I didn't have confidence in my body and myself in general, I wouldn't be able to show up, you know, on live streams or show up in my group and speak to my audience. Um, So I would definitely say um, that's something important that I just wanted to touch on was if you're dealing with mental health struggles, body image struggles, and you're trying to start a business, I just really urge you to figure that out before you do so, because you need to find a way to show up with confidence and to, um, I guess, get your mental health aligned so that, or in line so that um, you can show up and have fun. Just have fun. Yeah. Well, and when you do that, 
it allows you to, like you said, serve your clients powerfully and you can use that story to relate to people like you, like exactly like you have Rachel to like build the community and to, that's what you need to do in order to be able to start your business. And so avoiding that, you're always going to like hit that roadblock. Right. And so you have to push through that. You have to work through it. It's the only way that you're ever going to be able to show up powerfully in your business. So I just want to acknowledge you for doing that in such a beautiful way in your own business and just creating such a powerful self-love community online. Because I know like you are one of the first self-love influencers. I started following when I was starting my journey. Um, You know, I was like, oh my God, I want to be a life coach. Like, Oh, oh my god you know so i'm red i'm red i'm turning red so i was one of your fans oh my gosh thank you and now we're working together Ooh, I, know. I know it's so crazy um it's so crazy how that works but you know it's so right because like i had to work on my own shit before I was even able to be like, okay, I'm ready to start a business. I'm ready to even ask for a coach. Like I never would have gotten to that point if I didn't work on myself first. Oh my gosh. And even adding to that and working on yourself and knowing who you are and being yourself. It's like, whenever I first started my business, I didn't gain a client for like, I don't know, eight months or something like that, because I had no idea that I could be myself and run a business. You know, I took cookie cutter pictures, professional photos. I had a cookie cutter fiber website, you know, that just had like zero fun colors, which is totally me. Talked zero about my own body image issues, which makes no sense because I was helping people with their body image issues. But I just was like, no, I need to be professional. I need to have a website like her and like him. And I just had no idea what my true voice was, what my true message was. And so I think going back to having confidence in myself and working on the inner stuff, thank God I continued doing that. And I continued working with my own life coach. And I think I, whenever I finally found who I wanted to be, I kind of let go of the professionalism that I thought I had to have. Not that you can't still be professional and be yourself, but by professional, I mean like cookie cutter professionalism. I realized, hey, I'm not meant to fit in a box. I'm, I'm meant to stand out. And that means that I have to share what I'm going through because I know that it will help others. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. (laughs) So our final question, we like to provide our listeners with actual action steps that they can incorporate into their lives so that they can start taking action right now to uplift their lives. So what are three things that our listeners could do right now to live a more uplifted life? Mm. Three things they could do to live a more uplifted life. Um, one thing would be spend time in personal development, which I think is an obvious one, but for me, it wasn't. Um, I always poured my heart and my soul into other people and I still do that, but that's where I got lost along the way, right? I wasn't taking care of myself. And so pouring yourself into personal development, continuing to learn and grow Um, that's definitely a way to, to feel uplifted and inspired. 
Um, two, I would say to never let go of self-care, which kind of goes along with that because personal development is a form of self-care, but still just self-care in general, just making sure that um, you are always the focus and that no matter what's going on in your life, that you always make time for yourself. I don't care if you know, you feel like you're the busiest person on the planet, like Beyonce still makes time for a massage. You know what I mean? Like Beyonce, JLo still makes time for her like melon baths <laughs> and golden facials. Like it doesn't matter who you are. You have to focus on you before you are able to pour yourself into others. So that's what I would say number two is. And then number three Oh, I had two good ones. And then I was like, oh, there's, I need a third one now. <laughs> um, personal development, self-care. Ooh. And then I guess starting to share your story and share your struggles, because once you open up, you realize that you're not alone and you start to gain support from outside sources. And that definitely, I know for me, that made me feel like I had a purpose being able to share my story and have people be inspired by it. And in turn, that made me feel more uplifted. So um, personal development, self-care, and then opening up about your story and your struggles. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Oh, thank you. And for anyone who, for whatever reason, is not already following you, uh, where can our audience connect with you on social media? Yes. So my Instagram is at my coach, Rachel. You can find me on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher at the journey to worthy podcast. Um, or you can visit me, um, in my Facebook group. If you are a business owner or, or entrepreneur, my, um, private Facebook group is called inspirational influencers. That's where I have basically all my business content and, um, free webinars, free challenges and all of that stuff. Love it. Oh, thank awesome. You. We'll make sure to include all of that in the show notes so everyone can connect with you and um, just be inspired and motivated by you. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank <laughs> you. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with us. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. To continue the conversation, follow Catherine and Randy on social media. Our links are listed in the show notes. We can't wait to share another powerful story with you next week. And until then, stay stay uplifted. uplifted.